So, Jake Flint, thank you so much for joining me on my second episode of Confessions of a Serial Seller. Really, really appreciate you uh, joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tony. Absolutely flattered that you uh, want me. No pleasure. Well, look, as as I've said to the audience, really, the, the whole purpose of this is really for my audience to understand what are the top salespeople around the world do differently. Um, and when I met you um, and delivered some sales training, we were everyone active. It, it was clear, not, not only did I obviously know your results, but it was clear from interacting with you of, that you were one of the top producers. So if, if we could start, could you just share with, with our audience a little bit about your background in sales and what brought you to where you are today? Yeah, of course, Tony. So um, I started off, first of all, not wanting anything to do with sales, to be perfectly honest. Okay. So I did a university degree in exercise and sports science, focused on the physiology and coaching around that. And that's really what my passion is. Yeah. And essentially, once I'd gone through that and explored different avenues and done different placements in different roles, looking at strength conditioning, looking at coaching in different high-level high elite sports, mm. I found that actually, you know what, that's not a path that I do want to pursue. And mm. essentially, it was more by chance than anything. I came back and kind of like fell into sales. But I've always been a, a people person. Yeah, I've always been, uh, I would say, quite a persuasive person as well. You know, I like, I like a debate. I like to, like to go out, um, interact with other people, and you know, have a good time around that as well. But um, mm. I never really thought of kind of putting that almost into a career. So yeah. essentially, when I moved back home, I got a sales role working in a gym. Yeah, which I love just as a membership consultant, selling memberships there, going out, talking to people who had already pretty much kind of like come through the door, decide they want to make a change and just trying to get them started on that that journey the best I possibly could do. And which so company was that I with, start, that first role? I started off with David Lloyd, so they're a premium operator here in the UK. Yeah. And um, to be fair, they were, they were a great place to start off. They do a, they did a lot of um, coaching and invested a lot of time in me as well, which I'll you know, forever be grateful for. Yeah. And um, they have a huge focus as it's kind of like, again, very high end in terms of demographic to mm. make sure the experience is key. So yeah. we did a lot of work around kind of like the sales experience, getting booked into things. And it's almost retention focused from the moment they walk through the door before they've even become a customer with us to be perfectly honest so yes that was that was fun that allowed me to kind of like get out my competitive side which i've always had through my sporting background mm. um it's allowed me to use some of my knowledge as well when people come through the door looking to make a life change looking to be more active to get all the benefits that come along with that and in turn i could kind of pair that together with what what i knew in my own experiences and really kind of like add to that experience so yeah whether it was recommending different types of exercise, whether it was um, telling them what they've been doing wrong in the past, um, mm. why maybe they've not been successful before and offering alternatives. You know, those, those are all kind of like powerful things that allowed me to be successful in that first role. Yes. And then from there, I got um, other opportunities. So again, being successful as a membership consultant and they allowed me to go on and try my hand at being a sales manager, which was completely different, but again, absolutely love that and then I got to apply some of my coaching experience back into that teaching sales yeah but applying some of the same techniques some of the same philosophies that I had through my different kind of sports coaching roles as well which I really enjoyed mm. and then from that moving into everyone active where we're now I would say a more inclusive brand 
yeah. where we essentially go out, run leisure centres for councils and try and get everyone in the community as active as possible, which in turn leads them back into the leisure centres. So bit of a bit of a shift there in terms of kind of like the way that we approach things but you know very enjoyable nonetheless and all my experiences again putting back into the sales team that we look after over the 70 centers in our region you know it's uh it's it's really helpful to be fair no it's amazing and what's your role now at everyone active so regional sales support manager at the moment okay fantastic well you you touched on a few points there of I think why you've been successful. I think you said obviously it's it's you're one of your um, things that you cherish and, and love is the development, you know, coaching um, and and being able to share that expertise with clients. But uh, but you also touched on as well as knowledge and, and passion, but enjoying going out and interacting with people. And I'm going to get to that a bit later of what else you think are sort of important characteristics of what makes a top producer. But can I ask and get your opinion on what, what would you say your sort of beliefs and values in sales? Do you know what? I would say that's, that's been something that's been ever evolving. Mm-hmm. So for me, for me personally, a value and a belief for me that's never changed is hard work. Yeah. For me, like my, my parents, for the whole of my childhood, worked really, really hard. Like long, long shifts, no matter when they were, you know, sac- making lots of sacrifices so me and my little brother could have, you know, a, ni- a nice life. And, you know, we didn't necessarily have everything. We didn't necessarily have everything the whole way through, but sure. there's nothing that ever changed now. That was my parents' like, real desire, real hunger out there and kind of like, make us a better life, which I personally couldn't, couldn't ignore. Like, that's, yeah. that's something that I've definitely carried over into my working life. And for me, I'm one of those people where it, fr- it frustrates me when, I encounter someone who doesn't have that drive and that's been something I've had to kind of like learn to deal with as well. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah like that's, that's, that's something that's never really kind of changed in my mindset. Like hard, hard work for me is, yeah, it's, it's everything. Even when you don't want to put in the shift, even when you've had a bad day or your, your head's not in the game when you first walk through the door, you've got to sort that out and you've got to be making the most of every minute, I would say. No, um, yeah, like I said, that's, that's never changed. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. Can't tell you. <laughs> And yeah, go. On. I'll say the part the part that's probably evolved most for me is probably as I've kind of like got got older, maybe matured a little bit with this. Starting in sales when I was twenty one, yeah, um, is before. And I remember remember this very vividly. We had a mind, we had a mindset, and we had almost like a bit of a mantra where as soon as they as soon as they were as soon as they were done, as soon as they were sailed, and they were dead to you. Mm. And. For me, that's 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 kind of almost a very immature way of approaching it. And at, at the time, you know, it was it was good for us. We were we were young. We weren't managing our time very well. It's kind of like onto the next one philosophy, you know, mm. showing a real drive there. But uh, the more the more you kind of stay within the industry and you see it long term, and mm. again within my industry as well, where I, I feel like we I suppose you do this in every industry to some extent, but you have like a real impact on people's lives and a real. Mm power where you can make a, a lasting positive change yeah and if you just one like they're a number and then you just scratch them off the board and then you leave them to the aftercare team then i do i do believe that you, you're missing a trick there essentially you know mm. like once once you get back into it yeah not, not only is it good for your attention numbers and better in terms of long-term business but i suppose when you're on the shop floor you don't really think about that that much yeah but 
for purely selfish reasons as well if you can nurture that person's journey mm. and pop in and out of it and find out what they're doing and find out what they're up to then at the same time you can take those positive steps that they've made and all of the achievements that they've made as well knowing full well because you were at the start of that journey where they were when they first got started yes you can take that success story essentially and deliver that back to not not in a personal way where you kind of like um taking their confidence like their confidentiality away but um you can feed that back into people and you know you can really inspire then the next target i suppose essentially to get started with you and go on that same journey i couldn't agree with you more i think it's important for for people to know that there are others out there in their position that have had success that you've you've personally helped them achieve that so and i and i think it's a really good point you've made there and it it brings me to a you know a lot of people talk about sales about closing using that word you've got to close someone and I actually hate yeah. that word closing. I think we should almost change it to opening. So rather than close an account, I want it to be looking as right. We've opened an account, and when a customer signs on the line and said they've joined, let's say everyone active, that's the start of our journey with them. Um, and using your words, we should be nurturing them through that journey and, and staying in touch and seeing their progress and giving them help and advice along the way, so that we can, you know, we're part of that journey. So I think it's a really good point you've made, actually. I couldn't, couldn't agree more, Tony. I love those uh, I love those little spins on things that you put on it, opening yeah. people, not closing them. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you touched on your, your mantra there, uh, what your mantra was and what it now is. But you also said yeah. about your belief and value really is about hard work, which obviously you inherited from seeing your parents, which is wonderful. And, and I'm the same, actually, with my dad. My dad was you know, one of the hardest workers I know. I ever watch, which is wonderful. But my question to you, I guess, is how do you stay motivated when you're having a bit of a tough time when the sales aren't coming in? What's your best advice for that? I think it's it's important just to it's important just to recognise what well, I suppose there's two things in there, isn't it? Like whether you're going in there and you feel like you don't have the mindset there and then to deliver what you normally would deliver. Because yeah. not all of us can be at 100% of our game 100% of the time. Yeah. And I think if you recognize that, then that's the first step to overcoming it. We're constantly, and um, my, 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 my girlfriend, who's got a real interest in psychology and talks, talks about these things all the time to me, is constantly expanding my horizon on these points. Is mm. She's saying that, she says to me that um, we're always constantly having a two-way dialogue in our head. Yeah. And it's... It's, uh, it's the voice in our mind that's telling us, the, is telling us these things. And uh, if, <laughs> if you've got that voice in your head that says you can't do something there and then, then that doesn't necessarily mean that that's you that's saying that. And mm. you can kind of reframe that and change that around and kind of overcome it. Like, again, when you look at the motivation, like, mm. look at the motivation we're at right now, just the first thing to do is literally just say, right, I'm not in the I'm not in the best place right now. How can I put myself into this other area? Can I just fake it until I make it? Yeah. Will that make a difference? Yeah. Can I afford to stay in this area for that long in this mindset? The answer is probably not. Not unless you want a very unproductive day. Yeah. Um, I think that's 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 really that's really interesting. Also, <laughs> how bit, on, just, on yeah, that? 
on that, Sorry. sorry to interrupt you. I'd love to yeah. get your, yours or your girlfriend's opinion on this. Is how do you control? Because we do. We we all have that inner voice. But how do we control the negative inner voice that 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 does say to us, "You can't. You can't. You're not good enough." You know, what what impact can we have on that? Well, the thing is, is that we all, we all have these voices, and the reality is, it probably will contradict itself as well. Mm. So you will have the same voice telling you throughout your working day, your nine to five, that you're not in a place where you can be productive and that you shouldn't be doing these things and that you can get away with not doing these things. Yeah. And then it'll be that same voice that will give you a hard time when you get back home that you didn't do anything. Mm. So yeah. you just know that sometimes your inner voice isn't working for you and actually, you know, it doesn't own you and that yeah. you can actually overcome this and you have a much more positive well you can have a more positive influence on your day i'm just kind of like talking a little bit of rubbish here just because we were talking about this the other day and it's still kind of like a concept that's forming but i just thought it was particularly interesting mm. no i find it fascinating and I, I think you're absolutely right we are we are in control of those thoughts to a degree and and how and i think most importantly how we respond to what some of the things are saying to us you know, uh, ultimately, it's, it's we choose our actions, you know, but no matter what's going on in our head, we're in control of the actions we take. And I think that's a really important point to remember. Yeah, no, definitely. What, what would you say, you know, you've been around as a sales manager at David Lloyd and now as your regional director at Everyone Active, you're around a lot of salespeople. Uh, and I know you're into personal development from a sales perspective. In your valued opinion, what would you say, what do you believe makes a top sales performer? I would say, firstly, drive. Mm. They've, they've, got, they've got to have that drive. If um, you're not someone who's willing to come in and give your absolute all, yeah. or at least try to, you know, like give your absolute best for each of these shifts and be deeply passionate about hitting these targets and almost to some extent, you know, be, be hurt when you aren't. Yes. Be hurt by it when you're not being successful, then I feel like you, you do generally struggle. You know, you've got to be invested in it and you've got to be willing to kind of like keep on pushing on. You've got to have those kind of behaviours. Mm. But I suppose on the other side, it's also being adaptable. Yeah. One of the one of the best traits of the successful salespeople that I encounter mm. is their ability to alter their communication styles early in the sales process yeah. to better suit the communication preferences of the people that they're talking to. Mm. And it's, it's interesting because actually some of the people that I speak to, even though I know quite a lot around these things and around like the different theories on it from my sales background, again, from my, girlfriend psychology background as well you know they people know that there's different types of people out there that communicate in different ways and will react to certain questions in different ways yeah and some of those people again without any of the prior knowledge have already come to the conclusion you need to treat those people differently yes and they're doing really well like they're, they're absolutely smashing it out there they are asking different types of questions that are still open still getting information they are being considerate of the way that they respond and they are mirroring their body language, their tone, their sometimes the amount of words that they use as well, you know, how direct mm. they're being. Mm. And people appreciate that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think it's it's so valid that that so many salespeople I come across, they, they they look at things through their lenses. And I think the top sales producers like yourself, as you said, look at things through our customers' lenses and we learn to adapt Definitely. to how they're seeing things. I, I have such a valid point that is so easily forgotten, you know? What you mentioned there that in your opinion, one of the biggest sort of characteristics, I guess, of top performers is drive. May I ask where you get your drive from and, and really what motivates you? Yeah, so um, for, for me, it's, I suppose it's, it's more, it started off very much like being competitive. Mm. So I've, I've always been really competitive. I've always wanted to be better than the person in the sales office, the next person in the sales office. I've always wanted to be the top performer. And yeah, I suppose that, that really kind of like drives me on probably more than anything, to be perfectly honest, you know, hit, hitting targets, you, look, you know. Are you I like that in all areas of your life, Jake, or just sales? Um, <laughs> you know, that overanalyzed myself too much. I probably am a little bit like that in most areas, if I'm perfectly yeah. honest. Yeah. But um, yeah, like partic particularly in sales, that's where I can really kind of like let it out without anyone thinking I'm an absolute monster. Yeah. So uh, that's, yeah. that's 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 always nice to do that. But it's, it's 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 the reward, isn't it, that you can kind of like get back pretty much straight away when you've got someone in front of you or when you've had a good sales day. You've hit that run rate. You've smashed that number out of the park. Yeah, you've helped your team deliver what they wanted. They've got their commission as well off the back of it because of what you've taught them. Yeah. And now they're the best team or they're the best person in their field. You know, like. Yeah, for me, for me, that's 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 deeply rewarding on another level that I get mm. far more than any of the money or yeah, any of the promotions. It's being the best, I would say for sure. Yeah. I think you get that from sport, and yeah, that's always been a huge part of my life. Yeah, I think that's so. I think it's key, isn't it? The, the drive is absolutely key, um, and and I guess also knowing what you're working towards. I know you've obviously recently got promoted at Everyone Active you know, a few months ago now. Um, and, I, and I guess that was on your sort of agenda. Um, but it, it's knowing what you're working towards and having those clear goals, I guess. Yeah, I'd say, do you know, past, past being competitive, the other thing that I've really, that's really kind of like motivated me to go on is kind of like my, my overall development. I think mm -hmm. if I ever found myself in a position where I was just doing the same mundane thing over and over again and I felt like I was not improving as a person or as a sales professional or as a, a a fitness professional within that, then I would force myself to look for that change. Yeah. You know, like I'm not someone who likes to stay in his comfort zone for too long. Yeah. I like to push myself on to be challenged, to evolve. Like for me, I'm, I'm no sales guru in my own mind. Yes. I've been successful and I've been very fortunate in terms of like what I've had to learn and, you know, some of the results that I've delivered, I'm very proud of those things. But um, yeah, like go on to this podcast, like for me, it's like, it's, it's a big step sure. and it's a big challenge as well. But, you know, I'm not going to shy away from that. I'm going to tackle it head on and hopefully make the most of it. You know, you, yeah, that's what, no, absolutely. Got to do it. what would you say then, knowing that development is key for you, what would you say right now is probably the biggest challenge that you personally face in sales? Oh, so um, I suppose my challenges are different now. Mm. Whereas when I was when I was on the when I was on the shop floor, still a lot of the time, 
then it was it was very much kind of like focused in the individual sales process in terms of coaching individuals having my eye on the detail essentially yeah. where you can you can coach on every call and not that I would do it on every call but you know <laughs> yeah I'm not I'm not that much of a micromanager but you have the opportunity to do that you know you can know everything inside out and you can have a long-term plan you can have short-term actions in place that are going to help you get there yeah and you are driving towards an individual target like for for us right now again within like a, a smaller regional team but looking after 70 sites like the challenge is sometimes at the end of the day you look back and you think what have I achieved over that you know yeah. what impact have I had on the 70 sites over this and sometimes it's unless you just look at the overall regional number and have you achieved your run rate it's quite hard to um it's quite hard to just kind of like measure whether you have had a successful day or not which I suppose is a challenge it's more kind of like an overall influence yeah than it is kind of like um yeah having your drive impact on that individual sales number i would say so that's mm. that's probably the biggest challenge right now for me is kind of like seeing where i fit into that and mm. yeah influencing bigger teams now yeah most different communication skills you know i'm sure it's, it's different for you when you're standing up in front of uh, a room of 40 salespeople from a company that you've had limited research on tony as opposed to when you were you know in your own team and driving them on to be successful you know it's, hopefully it's, it's, you know what it goes back to the point you made earlier it's about adapting again um you know yeah. it's completely it, i look at my sales team who you know ultimately that their their goal is to get me and my trainers busier um and i have to adapt yeah. to them they're, they're different obviously i know them a lot better than i know some some teams that i walk into a room for the first time at nine in the morning and work with them all day but it's adapting to who, who I've got in the room and I, I guess the different behaviors because I know they're all going to learn slightly differently and, and, and um, respond to things slightly differently. So it's being just being very yeah. conscious and aware of that really. What, what would yeah. you, if you go back to your old self when you started off as a membership coordinator, I think you said at David Lloyd, knowing what you yeah. know now, what advice would you give your old self starting out? Oh, good question. Um, I'd probably say something along the lines of almost like an, an old school, this is what your grandma would say to you, but yeah, treat everyone how you'd want to be treated, but yeah. in not just not just when they're there, but you know, also with the same kind of respect when you go back into the sales office, when you put in their name on the board, or when you're chalking that number up, you know, that, that person's still an individual on a very individual journey. And well, within our, within my industry anyway, I find, and if you can utilize that and if you can stay invested with them and it will just add to your sales price card, just link into what I've said before. Like don't, don't be, don't be that bullish mm -hmm. kid where you are just looking for the next number and you do just see them as, with a commission stamp on their forehead. Yes. If, if you treat, treat them like um, the valued customer that they are, it doesn't yes. just benefit your organization, which again, you might not be that potentially, you know, invest in yourself. You might not be thinking, you know, well, what's that going to do for me? But it, it will, it will help you as well. So, yeah. You know, yeah, process, yeah, but value everyone the way that they should be. And it will, it will come back around. It will help you.
Yeah, I think that's really good advice. Uh, well, what's the best sales advice you've ever received from either training you've had or podcasts you've listened to or webinars or videos? What's been your best advice, would you say? The best advice I've ever had from some training, mm. some sales training that I went to, and I hope this doesn't offend you, Tony, because it wasn't yours, but yeah. if I had a top yeah. five, yours would be you probably have three things on there, but the, the best one I ever had yeah. was talking about the way that people make decisions. And a well-reasoned argument is always based around emotional, emotional points and also rational points. Yeah. So you always want to be appealing to someone's logical side as well as their emotional side the whole way through when you're trying to put together an, an appealing proposition for someone. Yeah. And... I think I'd already kind of like stumbled across this, but I didn't really realize what it was. Yeah. And essentially when I was sitting down with people and I was using statistics around, you know, how effective certain types of exercise were, how they could help people with their goals, talking about success stories that I'd accumulated from customers that I'd started to care a little bit more about. Yeah. Then I actually found that that was, that was highly influential. And that, so that's when my conversion really like shot through the roof. And it's when you do start to kind of approach it where you are thinking at the same time, you know, I need it to be logical and rational. I need to be appealing to both sides. Mm. That's when you can really get someone to invest heavily into what you're saying. I think the most. Yeah. So I feel like that was, that was probably the best training point I think I've ever had. Mm. But like I said, I've kind of already tapped on it myself a little bit. I just didn't realize that that's why that was working because things to do with different types, different sides of the brain kind of interacting to make a decision essentially. So Yeah, no, I think that's really interesting actually. And it's something I think we forget too too often, but it's you know, ultimately it's getting our customers to buy from us and, and I think knowing the psychology behind that it is is paramount really. So that's a really yeah, good point. What would you what would you say um, inspires you? Uh, and maybe it might be a person I mean, who inspires you. And, and you obviously you touched on your parents earlier on in, in this podcast yeah. about, you know, seeing their, their, their graft, their hard work ethic. But maybe aside from that, who else inspires you and why? Um, it's, 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 just, it's a, that's a tough one to be fair. Cause I think, you know, if you, if you've not said apart from my parents, I would say my dad. Yeah. Because like I said, he's, he's incredibly driven. He's the hardest worker I've ever known. And yeah, I take, I take a lot, a lot from what I've seen him do and achieve where he's come from to where he is now. Then yeah, I think that's, that's massive for me in terms of like inspiration, but I'd say outside of that, um, being again, probably a little bit cheesy with these answers, like probably is my girlfriend, you know, like mm. she is constantly trying to better herself and constantly pushing me to do better as well. Yeah, not just brilliant. to earn more money so she can feed a few habit and she'll that's not just uh that's not just a cliche that was a sexist remark she'll yeah. tell you that's the truth no but that's, but, lovely. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, genuinely that's lovely to hear and i think that that's i have the same with my wife and i think it's and i know you're not married but with my partner and i think it's having that yeah. support network is so important that you've got someone on, on your team driving you and pushing you to be the best version of yourself yeah, and I don't know whether it's just that, you know, I, f I found myself looking to surround myself with these people or whether I've just been incredibly fortunate. But 
but yeah, the way that we work together and bounce off each other and push ourselves on to do the best we possibly can do, you know, I feel that that that, that really helps us get the most out of each other. I, I wouldn't be in the same position I am now without her, for sure. That's amazing. That's, that's genuine. It's really heartwarming, lovely to hear. Where, where, where would you say, Jake, you get most your new business from? Oh, interesting. So I would say a lot, a lot of the business that we come from, essentially, it will be, dri- it, it will be driven by the website, essentially. Okay. But you will, f- you will find that obviously that's just the last point of call. Yeah. So my, my boss at the moment, um, he's, he's very much kind of like an expert in this field. And some of the statistics that he can show me when we look at the journey that a customer has taken to first, to before they drop into our, our lead portal, so a membership team member can contact them, is absolutely incredible where you can look at like the last 20 points of contact as people have bounced around between Google searches to the website, to reviews, mm. to different parts of your website, doing the research that they need before they even think to inquire to you. I think it's absolutely fascinating. When you look deeper into it, it just makes you it makes you realise like how much power now like the, the buyer has when and they are think, looking to purchase something. Do you think that's changed that journey now compared to maybe ten years ago? Yeah, I mean, even compared to like six or seven years ago to be perfectly honest, you know, the amount of information now and like how savvy people are to it, it's just incredible. Like people will inquire into a membership with my company right now with everyone active. Yeah. And their inquiry is based on the fact that they've already seen the photos of your gym. They've already read reviews of people's experiences. They already know what the prices are. They already know what to expect entirely. And yeah. they're just waiting for that call from you. So at the same time, you know, like although they have a lot of power and they already have, they're armed with a lot of information before they first come to you. Yeah. At the same time, if they've still made that inquiry, they should be primed to, to buy essentially. So, mm. and how it should in, should make it a lot easier? <laughs> how important do you think the reviews are as part of that journey? I think it's absolutely massive. And do you know what? I I I've thought about this before. I'd signed on to this podcast this, this, this afternoon and I was thinking about how it was probably you, Tony, or it was you first kind of like put me onto this. And mm. again, me kind of like going through a journey where I realized that the customer experience and their whole journey is so vitally important in terms of like the initial point of sale contact with new customers coming through and mm. how that can impact on the emotional side of their decision making. Yeah. But, at the same time, if you can get that person who you already have a good relationship to, with to just put that on a review page, then the amount of people that can see that is absolutely ridiculous in terms of your lead generation, in terms of the actual follow through that you'll get for the people that then go onto your website to see that review yeah. to then actually following that up with an inquiry. I remember seeing a statistic the other day where it was like nine out of 10 people in the UK admit to reading reviews on a product for buying it wow that's interesting so i knew it'd be high i didn't realize it was that high that's incredible it's and just what, at our fingertips as well isn't it so it's so easy to do why wouldn't you no no that's true so just to finish on 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 this podcast really what's your best advice to actually get someone to put that that glowing review do you want me to deliver the tony morris line because please, please. <laughs> <laughs> 
So again, like we, we have, there's so many opportunities out there already that there's not anything that you really need to do to go out there and like put, to push it. Yeah. At the same time, if if you if you do if you do want to, you, you can do it. It's essentially it's there's like I say, there's opportunities where people come to you and go, do you know what? I've had a great experience today. I've really enjoyed this. If you can literally just have it on your at the forefront of your mind, or if you can have it at the forefront of your colleagues' minds, mm. where the next logical thing where they can say is, do you know what? Thank you so much for that feedback. I really appreciate it. If you wouldn't mind. Mm. Could you leave us please a review? It only takes a minute or two. Mm. I already have it loaded up on this phone screen where you can put it on straight away or yeah. anything like that that can really just like drive it forward. Or again, if you really want to again push that feedback, go out there and ask people what those experiences are. When you do get a good experience <laughs> that comes yeah. along, yeah. Uh, be bold enough to ask the question. If you don't ask, then you don't get. And most people when they're again in a they've had a good experience will be more likely to say yes to you. So why wouldn't you make the most of that? People are already so driven to go away and make a point when they've had a bad experience. Yes. Try true. and balance it out and then potential customers get to see a true reflection of what you're actually offering. I think that's such a fair point. And it, it really is. Although it sounds so simple, so many people just don't do the simple things in sales. And it is just asking that question. You know, you've, you've, we demonstrated how good our product is. They, they've been delighted with it. They've been delighted with the results. So it's just going that, that step further which I know you do, but so many salespeople just don't do it and, and just ask them. Um, and I think the other key point you just made there is make it easy for them. Have the page loaded so they literally have to just write in their words, their feedback. Yeah, I mean, when, when you kind of like pointed it out to me, I remember thinking and it was almost like a light bulb moment. I was just like, this is like, this is low hanging fruit here that we're just not taking advantage of. And like, yeah. why not? Like, it's, 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 it's so obvious. We know that people are doing more research before they come into us. Yeah, we already have a bank full of success stories. We know who's doing really well. Why don't we just merge them together? And yeah, it just makes perfect business sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. Jake, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. I, I really, really appreciate your time. And you've given us some absolute golden nuggets for our audience to take away. But most importantly, take action to have the best year they've ever had. So uh, thank you so much once again for joining me. Thanks, Tony. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you. Really appreciate it too. Thank you.